Lord, this war is over everything. It's about everything. It's in everything. But you are with us, Lord, and I pray that you would give us eyes to see today and ears to hear and a heart to receive the revelation of your love and truth. I thank you for giving us your peace. I thank you for giving us the truth. You said you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So for those listening today, may you open their eyes, give them understanding, protect us, Lord God, from the deceptions of the evil one that are everywhere, prevalent all over the place, lies everywhere. Nothing is as it appears. So, Lord God, your main number one warning at this return, at your return, was going to be the deception and that many would come saying they're you and deceiving and confusing everyone to the point of discouragement and and just simply giving up. So today we stand. We need the information. We know the truth. The soldiers need to know the objectives, how to use their weapons, what's the war all about, and who wins. And so, Lord, we thank you. We have won. You've given us power over all the power of the enemy. Thank you for the example of Jesus Christ as given to us in the book of Mark. I thank you, Lord God, for the promises that no weapon formed against us will prosper those that would come against us, even through the very uh, things we must do in, uh, to, to live, that we would be protected, Lord God, our families, our health, those who work for us, pray for us, love us, um, our minds, our hope, our destinies would be preserved through the power of Jesus Christ, the miraculous life-giving, protecting power of Jesus Christ, because, Lord, you are our faithful witness. You know our hearts. You know what the devil does all the time, every day, to convince us that you're not good, that you're not with us, that we're on our own. And so I pray you'd shatter those lies today in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Well, good morning, Can or I say, whatever the time is. <clears throat> welcome to the war again, 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 again. Um, you know, this story, the, the Gospel of Mark is absolutely amazing. I just love it because it's so right on there's there's no frills no no it's just right there in your face uh, immediately suddenly they're doing this they're doing that it's happening and jesus is on the move basically yeah so this is the gospel for those that are attention deficit or in a hurry to get the get the synopsis it fast it just cuts to the chase mm-hmm. and and gives the just the the basics of what's going on now, a lot of the other gospels Matthew, Luke, John, maybe elaborate a little bit more mm-hmm. on some of these incidents. But but Jesus does elaborate a couple of times. He'll stop and pause in Mark, and Mark will give us a full story of what's going on. But but let's begin where we kind of left off. And we're getting into some good stuff now. We're getting into Jesus had just cast the demon out of the, the unclean spirit out of the man in the synagogue, um, chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. And this was... Um, uh, a big a big victory and his fame it says spread throughout all the regions through Galilee so the, he was getting to be known for his um, authority for his power and, and uh, healings well you know he, he's going from synagogue to synagogue and uh, and uh, and I'm sure the word got around the country I mean yeah. they didn't have internet they didn't have Facebook they didn't have Snapchat but they still had but the word got around yeah. that hey he his, he's, this guy has got a teaching that's different. And as part of his teaching, demons come out of people. Right. Demons. Okay. Ooh, demons. Yeah. They can, yeah. People yeah. can yeah. have demons. He, he people commands even the unclean spirits, and they've been, even, even in church, demons mm-hmm. are getting cast out. So, yeah, the, his fame, so they, he got to be very well known. So, but in the, in the incidents here, after this demon was cast out, he is in the city of Capernaum, which became his uh, his new headquarters, headquarters yeah. for ministry because he basically got kicked out of his hometown in Nazareth. They tried to throw him over a cliff and kill him. Yeah, that was kind of the uh, be- that was the beginning it's of like, the, you know, the conflict. Well, you either stick around and take the heat and or just move on. And sometimes it's just smart just to uh, move on. Well, he had to move on. He had a lot of places to cover. But today we're going to be talking about the miracles of Jesus, and that was a deliverance. And now we're going to be talking as he, and we see as he leaves that synagogue after that big, exciting event, um, it's uh, it's probably around noon or one o'clock. And so um, when they'd come out of the synagogue, um, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now remember, Simon and Andrew were brothers. 
and James and John were brothers, but they were not necessarily related to one another. But these guys had been to church, so they were going to go home and have lunch. Uh, but Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever, and so there was no lunch ready, I'm sure, when they got there. Um, and, and they told him about her at once. Maybe uh, Peter Peter obviously was married, had a mother-in-law, so that we know Peter was married. Uh, but they told Jesus about her being sick. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. Well, it's interesting, too, the different perspectives. It's like... You know, kind of the old story about uh, blind people that are taking hold of an elephant in different spots. Some will grab the trunk, some will grab a leg, some will grab a tail, right. some would grab a tusk, and they, each of them would give a little different perspective about it. It's the same elephant, but a little different perspective. Now, in Matthew chapter 8, it just is simply, Mark says here, what does it say? Um, he took her by the hand. Took her by the hand and lifted her up. And Mar- Matthew 8, it says he touched her hand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and then in Luke, it says he stood over her and spoke to the fever. Mm-hmm. And it left her. And so, in one version, it says he rebuked the fever. Uh, I think that probably is an old King James version. But he rebuked the fever. I like that one the best, actually. Be- well, that's the one in Luke chapter 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he rebuked, he stood over her and spoke and spoke to the fever. Now, Jesus didn't have any big uh, elaborate um, rituals what, rituals <laughs> of uh, what, what do you call it? exorcism mm-hmm. or anything like that. He just spoke and mm-hmm. the things happened. You think of the whole world, the whole universe, all the universes, everything happened. Everything came into being through God, the creator speaking. And Jesus he is said, called let the there word. be Genesis chapter yeah. one. Let there be, let there be, let there be. And the word and became flesh and the flesh. And so Jesus Christ is himself the incarnate word of God. So it's interesting that, you know, we have he touched her and he spoke to her and he also rebuked the fever. Now, if you rebuke a fever, that would imply that the fever had to have an ability to understand that it's being rebuked. It would have to be some sort of intelligent <laughs> entity or being that yes. can get understands he's been told to leave by the creator of the universe. And and so this was, you know, we don't think of fevers often as, as demonic. We think of them as, uh, you know, caused by germs or, uh, you know, catching a cold or something other than that. But, but we don't really consider the deeper, uh, and I think this is where people fail to kind of see the depth of their maladies is they kind of stop at the diagnosis that the doctor gives or they die the, the prescriptions that their favorite healthcare provider or, or, you know, whatever gives to them. And so they, we don't really deeply rebuke, resist, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. And so we see that Jesus was teaching us again, even in common ailments, like for example, pain is another one. How many of us, you know, we we grab the Tylenol, we grab the thermometer, Mm -hmm. we get the cold cloth. That's all okay, I suppose, you know, as you're being led by the Spirit to do that, if you are being led. But at the same time, let's do the spiritual thing that really works and needs to be done as well, and that is to forbid that fever to consume our child or or that, um, you know, because actually there are curses in the Bible, and one of them is severe burning, uh, mildew, um, and that's in Deuteronomy 28. So these curses of sickness and, and infections, afflictions, um, cons, uh, what do they call consumption, um, they are all listed very, almost like a, a medical journal, he says in verse 28. 28, 22 of Deuteronomy, the Lord will strike you with confu- with consumption, fever, with inflammation, with severe burning fever, with the sore, with scorching, with mildew, and they shall pursue you until you perish. But the point is here, Jesus is saying, you know what? Satan does not have a right to put this severe burning fever on you or this inflammation because you have been forgiven. I forgive you. This has been, this is the doings of the enemy. And the woman, it, it didn't say she had any faith. Somebody must have had faith to tell him about it, but it, Faith was simply the ability of them to bring Jesus to the problem or bring the problem to Jesus, and he took it from there. Well, it's just a common thing. If someone comes to your house and say, you know, um, you know, well, my husband, my wife isn't feeling well today, just a, just a common thing. They just let them know that, well, she's just not here. She's not doing well. But, you, you know, a lot of times when, when we have a, a problem, somebody's sick, whether it's in our home or somebody brings us a prayer request or pray for someone who's got this or that, 
illness, issue, pain, cancer, whatever. How do we pray? How do we look at the problem? How do we perceive what's really spiritually going on here? Do we really perceive it correctly? And I think that is so important if we're going to get a, a right and a, and a satisfactory healing. Notice the fever left her. Notice that in, in a lot of the times when Jesus was healing people, that the miracles were happening, demons were leaving, demons left. And, and wh- what does that mean? It means this, in, the, in the first story, we have the spirit of uncleanness coming out of the man in the synagogue. Mm-hmm. Here we have the spirit of uh, infirmity, we could call it, leaving the body. So the demon exited the building. He was out of the body. He was no longer there. Uh, and this is a lot of times what people fail to get. They they get a, a piecemeal kind of temporary s- moment of relief because the enemy just backs off a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but in this case as well, and we'll see also probably in some of the other miracles that we're about to look at, there was an actual deliverance, which means the demons causing the condition left. Mm-hmm. There well, was, th- then there wasn't, they were done, and now and they were gone. And apparently there was some type of infection that she had in her body because usually you don't, you don't have usually fever without some kind of infection going on. Well, right, and you know the understanding of this is that fevers can actually be good because God gave us exactly. fevers and various things to, to help kind of burn, burn out, out the, the things. Yeah. So you have two things going on. You're a biological mm-hmm. thing and a spiritual thing going on, and God wants to bring he- healing and harmony and re- unification, reuni- reuniting in, in all the, areas. the health of that person. In all the areas. Yeah. So then she got up and served them She lunch. got up and served them, and probably, you know, it's probably Hallelujah. Uh, lunchtime. Good day, so good day. Maybe she'd been sick for a long time. Who knows? Yeah, or yeah. maybe it hadn't. No. But and, it doesn't and, really matter, because what really matters is that Jesus knew exactly what to do, and I believe because he was walking in such absolute 100% synchronization with the Spirit of the Father, mm-hmm. everything that he did worked everything went the right way you know everything because he never was out of step with the father with the holy spirit yeah exactly and then that evening there's another thing that really it's it's quite a happening here is there's a big healing service going on mm-hmm. okay it says in in mark uh, 132 at evening when the sun had set they brought him all who were sick and those who were demon possessed and the whole city of capernaum the whole city I mean, was gathered together at the door. I mean, you got the whole city coming to their house. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's interesting. They came at evening because um, the people came after sun. Yeah. It was the Sabbath. Because yeah. So, yeah. What so they happens? couldn't walk, yeah. So it's from fr- uh, Friday sunset mm-hmm. to Saturday sunset is, is the Sabbath. Still is that way, right? And so the Jewish leaders had proclaimed that it was against the law to heal or to behold on the Sabbath. You know, mm-hmm. good old law, law keeping religion. people. We don't want to help people. We just got to keep our law. Yeah. And so it was against the law because to heal on because that was yeah. considered work. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. And, and mean, they would get scolded too if they got healed oh, on the yeah. Sabbath. And, and then, then they'd feel and bad that, because and, what? Right. And made then, God mad. Here the Son of God's healing him, and then they're being told they're make, making God mad. Well, who is this Son of God if he's not the Son of God? He's not keeping our rules yeah, here. He's he not, can't yeah. be the Son of God because if he was, he'd keep our, our, our nitpicky rules. Yeah. But then uh, the Jewish law prohibited traveling more than a certain distance on the Sabbath. I yeah. think it was about like a mile and a half. It's the furthest you could go. It, 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 I don't think it really said anything in Scripture about the distance. Never read it myself. Ne- the distance that you go. But they had to, of course, they had to add to it to make sure everybody was actually resting. That's what they really so did when it came. you couldn't heal. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't walk a certain distance. So because uh, of the, the, the resting on the Sabbath, you're right. They added little rules and prescriptions and, and buffered kind of the, the to law make sure. to make sure nobody... Ex- exerted or ex- ex- extended beyond that resting on the Sabbath. So they really kind of ha- anchored it down to, you know, you can't do this, can't do that, can't start a fire, da 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 It's, it's what you call uh, micromanaging. It's called bureaucracy. Bureaucracy, <laughs> yeah. And so, but anyway, so that's why they, they were coming after sunset. So yeah, it's it coming sense. in the dark. I mean, they're coming in the dark. They're not, they're, they have maybe lamps with them and stuff torches. like that. Torches. Mm-hmm. Torches, whatever. But, I mean, it's not like you got, you know, nicely lit city streets or cars or motorcycles. Well, Jesus was open to it. He was very accommodating. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. 
and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. We're going referencing back to they just re- realized who he was, and he did not want um, their endorsement or their, uh, you know, uh, kind of giving away his identity at this point. He was here to teach, preach, heal, draw people into the kingdom of God without, you know, um, you know, blowing his horn. Well, so to he, speak. he wanted people to come to him. I mean, freely, yes, he freely. was, he was mm-hmm. there to heal people. But he doesn't want to just be, oh, there's this guy that's healing us, that's taking mm-hmm. care of the more the circus is in town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the big yeah. thing, and 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 uh, it's the same way too. When he when he what fed the five thousand, he didn't want to be known as. And he said he rebuked him. I think in the book of John, he said, "You didn't come to me, you know, for for salvation. You came because you." or to hear my word, you came because of the food. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. ate of the loaves and fishes well, and were satisfied. Mm-hmm. So he's, he didn't want to be known as, you know, uh, the Burger King of Kings guy <laughs> or 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 the um, the guy who who just brings a doctor. Jesus. He is the great physician, but he, the, he, he wanted to get down to the surface. Things. Of Remember knowing they, them, knowing they, that they're loved. Yeah, and not just not just giving them what they immediately needed, but to actually right. get to their hearts. Get to the, the, the inner core being of, of their of the faith and who they are and, and, who he and is. Mm-hmm. sin and so forth. Well, and I who think, he is. I think in the casting out many demons, um, today this is a lost art. This is people, for the most part, well, in, in foreign countries, like in Africa when we were over there, and in India, too, that when you have the crusades and you have the prayers, a simple prayer, you know, you pray that God, the Holy Spirit, whatever, will come and heal the people. You command the spirits to leave, the demons, right. uh, the illnesses, sicknesses, infirmities, demons, whatever. And people, I mean, there's no laying out of hands even because there's so many of them. And a lot of people just simply get healed by the by that word, by the Spirit of God. By the word, by the Spirit of God, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. And, just and like many, in this this and, day. And many times, this as, as you're proclaiming healing, you're proclaiming the word of the Lord over the people. There are demons that will that manifest. Right, but she, yeah, but she, I think the prayer, Jesus being the prayer here too. You need to understand what you are doing, what you are commanding, because if you don't know that you know what you know and you don't know what you're doing, you're just kind of going by rote and you know whatever. You need to know that that you are actually engaging in demonic activity in that person's body or life. And that that is what you're addressing. That's why the demons were leaving, because Jesus was engaging with them at the level of saying, you're out of here. You're done. I know you. I know you're there. I'm not going to pretend this is something else. You are exposed by the light of God's truth. And I command, and this is how I say it, the light of God's truth, make manifest your hidden works of darkness. And the sword of his word cut you off, separate you, remove you, because Jesus gave us the same power he's using here to bind, to loose, to heal. He said heal the sick. He didn't say try to heal the sick. He said cast out demons. He said those two specific things right along with preaching the gospel. So these are right the, the, the main points of our job list of what to do. Cast out demons. He didn't say, oh, once in a while you might need to cast out a demon. He just put that right along in there with heal the sick and preach the gospel because there are so much, there is more, actually, I believe there's actually more demonic activity now in the earth than there was then. Well, we've done more and more to open up the doors. Well, they're being permitted to be released again. Yeah. And there's there's release, but I mean, there's, there's so much sin and so much rebellion that's mm -hmm. multiplied well, and over this all and over, over the world. so we we've we've given invitations mm-hmm. f- to be uh, uh, mesmerized, to mm-hmm. be uh, saturated, targeted, targeted, targeted mm-hmm. yeah, saturated with well, demonic activity. Even even like today, these days, I mean, I'm getting calls, emails, uh, desperate people um, with demons that are they're they're manifesting physical ailments. You know, they're feeling things crawling around in their stomachs, or mm-hmm. they're have mm-hmm. you know whatever they have. Uh, Crohn's and ulcerative colitis and uh, whatever, various things. And, and, and they, they actually um, have a demon appear to them at their bed, tormenting them, raping them mm-hmm. in the night. These things are not unusual at all anymore. These things are very common, and yet nobody dare talk about it with anybody else who think that everybody will think they're crazy. But you're not crazy. The demons are actually more bold and more... Um, uh, I don't, familiar. They're more no, more bold, and, I guess, is the and word. What, and what happens is, people, if they consult a, a physician, in most cases, 
they're going to maybe get some, they'll analyze that. Well, they'll give or, you or, or an psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they'll give you some kind of uh, psychotropic drug. Antipsychotic. So that just ma- that masks what's really going on, okay? And then the drug itself becomes a sort of addic- addiction where you open up yourself to more demonic control. So mm-hmm. that's not that's not the solution. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, just Well, a, and there's a lot of interference too to oh, this kind of my. behavior with Jesus that night, you know, you have the legal interferences, you have the all the people, you know, trying to keep the law and yet be released from the the fear, uh the well, the guilt of breaking the law. It says in verse 34 that then he healed many who were sick with various diseases. So many kinds of diseases mm-hmm. were being healed. And uh, he cast out many demons. And, and and basically, what did he, uh, what he, what's he doing? Maybe he's laying on hands, but most of the time, he's speak he's speaking the word. Mm-hmm. He's telling these sicknesses to go. He's he cast out many demons, and and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. He he did he wasn't interested in a demonic uh, sideshow or circus circus where, mm-hmm. where where the demons would make all kinds of noises and stuff like that. He said just just said shut up and get out. Yeah, you know a lot of times even today we go to these deliverance conferences or meetings and 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 the people are being humiliated and used yes. as, as a as a like almost like a circus act. Yeah. Uh, because the the people who are doing the show putting on the perform the showman, uh, they are not you know. I mean, obviously, there may be some uh, commanding, some manifestations, some various things. Right. You know, a lot of times people convulsed when Jesus cast out the demons, but he wasn't there to um, make the person embarrassed. Um, right. He was there to, you know, really be very compassionate because that's what he was moving forward in was his compassion. And it says, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed you know, this was the source of his strength and his re-strengthening, his, his rejuvenation, was this solitary communion with God the Father. And um, I honestly don't think we can live much longer on the planet without having our own solitary place where you go back and you settle down, you be quiet, you close yourself in and listen to God, re- be rejuvenated, be refreshed. And sometimes, obviously for, for him, he had to get up early before daylight because once daylight hit, everybody's out and about and wanted to find him. He was the big, you know, where's Jesus today? Where's he going to be today? Because he didn't put up these posters and say he's coming to town, so nobody knew for sure. So there was no internet, no, you know, GPS. Where's Jesus today? What? Where's he going to be? Well, I heard he was going to be. Well, I heard he was going to be. Well, I don't know. Let's go look. And so there was this constant hide and seek that Jesus was playing, not really playing, but I mean, it was kind of being played out of where, where is he? And w- w- let's go. We got to find him today. Who knows where he's at? Right, because everybody's after him. He's 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 in high demand mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. because of the healing aspect and the uh, deliverance aspect. And Jesus said in John chapter eight verse twenty nine, "And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please Him. I always do those things that please Him." So he he put himself in the place. A, a son to the father, and he was and a the, direct connection and, and to the, the father. The, communi- the communion mm-hmm. that he w- desired to maintain and did maintain regularly. I believe he was maintaining it, you know, all through his life, all through his life, right. whether he Absolutely. was busy or whether he was quiet. But he needed that time alone to to recharge, to really hear, to really tune in again to the heart. And of the father. Of the father. To find out what the father's will was for that day. And so that's why he had a perfect batting record because he always did what the father wanted to do that day. And so I believe the same is available for us as we listen to God and walk in his spirit. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of minefields out there. There's a lot of missteps. There's a lot of sh- um, shenanigans. There's a lot of people who are, say they're one thing and are not. It's, it's just getting so thick out there. You just really have to walk in the Holy Spirit. But and so in verse 36, yea, Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, so Simon kind of knew his hiding places. I think he kind of knew his places, whether they were, they, they uh, learned, they, 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 they knew, learned they knew where spots. to look, they knew where to look. Yeah. And so Simon found him and they said to him, everybody's looking for you. Hey, we've been looking for, for the last hour. You could, where have you been? You know, I mean, as you can imagine. And, and so, and he said to them, Let's go to another, let's go into the next towns 
that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come. So Jesus was on a forced march. He was on a journey. He had a mission. He had an objective. He was he was heading towards something. And like not like so many of us, we just kind of drift through the day and see what's going to happen and let it happen. And if it happens, oh, well, and if it doesn't, oh, well, oh, well. you know, we just kind of drift around in our lives. We, we need to be a lot more, I believe, grab a hold of the grab a hold of the opportunities, uh, make the minutes, moments count. Everything, everything, every word, every moment we give an account of before the Lord. And I know some people, you know, they're not called to tra- tra- traipse around the countryside or something, but every minute of our lives, we can be worshiping, thanking, praising, rejoicing, communing with God. So he was up and about. He was ready to go. He was heading down the road. Um, he, was, and, he was focused. He was following mm-hmm, a purpose. He mm-hmm. knew he was purpose. And, and part of it, he knew when to keep on the move and he knew when to pause and to, to tune in. Uh, and, to to have that quiet time with the Father. And he he made regular stops. It says, um, verse 39, and he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. Um, you know, pre- he'd show up on Saturdays morning in the synagogues of Galilee. I mean, there are probably a lot of them. And nobody knew probably which church, which church service he was going to be at, which, which <laughs> group home, which home. But, but, but every, they got the, you know, if they went to church that day, they might see him. And he was preaching, and he was casting out demons. So that became a regular fare. I mean, it, no, it doesn't say he was healing. He was casting out demons. There were so many demons, so much activity in the synagogues, and isn't that absolutely beyond the truth today? And we don't even want to know it. We don't want to know it. We don't want to see it. We want to be biz- busy building our buildings and our coffee bars and putting better murals on the walls and in- enticing the little kids to come and, 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 and serving a better latte. But we don't really... We're so lost. We so have missed, af- absolutely missed the point of, of what Jesus did, what he said to do, that it's not even in the, it's not even the same game anymore. It's not, it's like, um, you know, playing baseball or picking apples. You can't even compare them. Mm-hmm. And so. <laughs> and so th- there's a lot of people that are. Go to church. Demonically. Uh, uh, oppressed. Oppressed. Tormented. Demonized. Tormented. That go to church week after week after week. And don't really get any help. Absolutely, and probably no help. it was a situation what we read about, you know, talked about last week, where um, this man, demonized man in the temple, he'd probably been there a lot, but they probably thought, well, he's a little weird, a little strange. Yeah. But let him come. At least he's coming. He's hearing the law. He's hearing the word. Maybe and, something will happen. And, and then maybe the, he'll get Jesus it. appears, and the demons say, "Let us alone." So mm-hmm. we don't want to deal with this. But we really are are, are missing it in, well, in, in it's, many it's ways. Well, it's really, he, Jesus Christ became the light that manifested the hidden works of darkness. There were demons always crawling around in people, outside of people in their homes, yeah. messing with them um, on every level. Infestation, actually. It's like a rat infestation. And people had gotten so used to the rats or gotten so used to, you know, just didn't even see him anymore. But Jesus, they're just, they're just freaking. The demons are actually can't hold on to their positions of their hiding places because they're too panicky. And so then we see, um, in the course of this uh, journeying, uh, verse 40, this is one of my favorite stories in Mark. Um, then a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Let's go back and look at that a little bit. The leper came to him. We don't know where, probably on the road somewhere. It was a quite a risky thing for a leper to show up in any kind of um, social settings because they were very, at least then, considered very contagious and unclean, unclean, unclean. And so they had to actually say that as they were approaching, unclean, unclean, so that the people would be warned, so that the people would not come into contact with them. So they had to declare over themselves, I'm a leper, I'm unclean, you know, get away quick, don't don't come by me. But he came to Jesus and he knelt down to him. Now, you don't know, we don't know how this man looked. I mean, obviously he could still walk um, and talk. But we don't know how humiliating and shameful and unclean and gross and defiled and uh, he was to make this public appearance. But to him, it did not matter anymore. What really had made got it, this thing had gotten to the core of him to look to see, I can't do this myself. I'm not in control. Many of us, we don't realize how much we are in control of our lives because we don't realize what we 
that what's not wrong with this this leper had realized i can't i can't control my life i i can't get a job i can't feed my family i can't you know do a career i can't you know go to the synagogue i can't uh go to rabbi school i, I my my life we just take so much for granted and and in the process of taking it for granted we actually uh, live our life in our own selfish ways believing uh, listening to fear and listening to um it's up to me but sure. this man had surrendered all that and he was done and he just came to Jesus and he said if you are willing now this is a good question this is a mm-hmm. good if you are willing um would there be any question of Jesus's willingness to heal him well that's a big debate that that we have in our in our minds a lot of times concerning healing it's like we can say okay theoretically we know that Jesus if it's God's will has the power to heal yeah okay we know we know that all things are possible with God okay uh-huh. so so we're at this we're at this place in our lives uh, we know he can do it but will he do it will he do it for me he's done it for others but we have sometimes a harder time believing for ourselves uh-huh. as as Christians than that's we because do for others. That's okay. So if it's God's will is very common. That's a very common phrase that's used in prayers for healing. If it's right. God's will. So this this is a very important question, a comment if you are willing because it it presents an issue here. And Jesus let this be in here because he wanted us to discuss it. if you are willing. So is God willing? Um you know, to make us clean, to deliver us. So this becomes the big stumbling block to healing. And, you know, actually healing is a very controversial um, subject. Uh, I remember back in the day, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, I wanted to write this article on healing and actually I did write a book called A Case for Healing. But it was they would not publish the article in one of our Christian magazines, local, you know, popular of the day magazines, because they said it's too controversial. controversial. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, so it's too controversial for All Jesus to heal. That. Because why? Because our theology says, well, it may not be God's will. It you know, it, it may be that, you know Maybe it, God's teaching you a lesson. Right, right. God what is about that question. Oh, that's there all the time. And so we, we you know and, and to cover our bases, just in case we're praying and it doesn't happen, we can say, Well, man, it wasn't God's will or you didn't have enough faith or um the timing wasn't right or you you know, still got sin in your life or something. There's some reasons we the devil gives us to give ourselves and to say to others as to why this healing doesn't happen or this deliverance doesn't happen. Now there are there are agreements I uh, that uh, that are made with the liar that allow him to hold on to various areas and territories, uh, places, organs, functions in our body, because uh, th- those agreements have been made with him. Those agreements need to be discovered and then canceled out. For example, um, guilt has made us used his leverage to create many agreements in us like I'm I'm bad I'm guilty I'm no good uh, I don't deserve um, healing uh, and if I'm bad I've already spoken and agreed uh, with my body uh, that, that it's bad so I've already spoken over myself so when this leper is coming he is agreeing that he's agreeing I'm agreeing if you're willing I'm willing um, and God, obviously, there's never one case in ever in any of the, none of the Gospels, not one case, even a hint of a case where someone was turned away, where Jesus was not compassionate and willing even to stop what he was doing, to stop where he was going, to uh, halt his his forward motion, to accommodate some uh, blind person or some uh, distressed mother or whatever it was. So it's it's his compassion is there. God wants to heal. Jesus is the express image of the Father. So Jesus is doing the will of God, the Father. So it is God's will. It's not God's will that you be sick. That's not even what he did. He did not do that to you. God does not make us sick. If he did all that to teach us a lesson, then he would be evil. You know, if you were a parent that had the power to make your child sick to teach him a lesson, you know, you would be evil. Uh, sometimes we teach our children's le- children lessons, but it's it's not to the their detriment. Like for example, maybe you take away their Xbox or you you know take away their phone or you that is not being evil. That's being aware of what needs to be done to train up a child in the way that he should go. But if if you would put something so de- debilitating upon them, uh, and some people do that, 
that is evil. God does not need to teach us a lesson. God does not need to see if we're going to have enough faith. God is not even the one testing our faith. It is the enemy who is testing God's faithfulness to keep us in the faith, the promises that he's given us to keep us from wavering because it is God. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So God is not a double-minded, um, you know, insane, uh, bipolar, uh, undependable God. He, he is always good. He always wants our healing. And this is one of the big holdups. People think, well, is God willing if it might not? And this is where doubt comes in. This is where the doubt comes in that keeps us from receiving the, the rest, the peace, and the love of Jesus Christ, which brings healing. So in, in verse 41, it, Jesus, the leper says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus, and Jesus did not say, okay, have you been tithing? How, how, how's your attendance at the synagogue been lately? Have you, have you been you know, reading your Bible every day, that sort of thing. He doesn't give, take them through a checklist uh-huh. of, of religious. religious merit mm-hmm. in order to go. bring healing to him. And he does not, Jesus does not do that. I mean, doesn't, it's not a matter of our worthiness to be healed. It's a matter of, it's his. A matter of his mercy and his compassion. He says Jesus was moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. You didn't touch lepers, even though that leprosy was not, it's not as contagious as people thought it was, but it still can be communicated through, touch. you know, well, through touch, through other, through respiratory mm-hmm. things, but he got close enough to touch him, and he said, I am willing. Stretch out his hand, touch him. How long had it been since that leper had been touched by another human being? Oh, because he was, he was an untouchable you yeah, didn't right. touch. Uh, he was isolated. He was probably very poor. He was probably malnourished, uh, just just rejected by society. He's just people... basically all by himself, mm-hmm. as his body, his nervous, his nerves, his body, his tissues are, are deteriorating mm-hmm. f- from his body day by day by day. So he's in a desperate, desperate situation, and Jesus sees that, and he's moved with compassion touches him and he says he spoke to him i am willing i am willing mm-hmm. that's the thing we need to remember i am it's not a matter of if you are willing he answers the question directly i'm if willing you, yeah. the, well, look at how he answered if you are willing the leper said you can mm-hmm. make me clean jesus said i am willing be cleansed there <laughs> it is there's the big transaction it's it, done it, and as soon as he had spoken mm-hmm. what verse 42 immediately the leprosy, the leprosy left, him. left him it's gone and he was cleansed now apparently with the leprosy the left wait wait before you go to that i know what you're yeah. gonna say but so so the man had already made his declared his position i'm willing you can make me clean it was his declaration of faith i i'm i'm i believe right. you can do this i'm okay with you doing this i'm all for you doing this i'm ag- i'm agreeing with you and jesus says and i'm agreeing with you so when he when he said this, immediately the leprosy left him. This Im- immediacy indicates that the leprosy was not a disease that just kind of fades away and progressively gets better. It was an immediate transfer, tr- demonic mm-hmm. deliverance is what it was. The, the demon was a spirit of leprosy, a spirit of uncleanness that had covered the man. When the demon went all of the characteristics that pertain to that demon went with him, including the leprosy. And so that's why he was immediately cleansed. And that's why when a lot of times when you do um, pray for it, here's another combination of healing and deliverance where they're together because the demonic spirit is manifesting an illness or a, a malady in the human body. And Jesus is just demonstrating that here. Sometimes we see it as in the first case of the rig- religious guy, it was more of a psychological thing. He didn't have leprosy. This guy, we have a physical problem. The Peter's wife's mother-in-law or mother had a physical problem. So we, he's showing us now that these demons will also manifest in our physical bodies. And that's and that's why it left when the demon left it. The leprosy was immediately gone. Well, we're told medically that leprosy is caused by a certain type of bacteria. So if, if indeed if this was the case here, there was the but the involvement of of Satan. There was a a, a bacteria. There was deterioration, rotting of the flesh, mm-hmm. rotting of the nerves. Right. So right. apparently at this time, 
there were new nerves were created, new flesh mm-hmm. was created. So this is a creative miracle. It's okay if like the leprosy left, but then he still got holes and stuff in his face. Mm-hmm. I, 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 we're, I may be right. reading That's pretty into amazing. apparently if the leprosy left him. The effects we, of it also left him. The effects of it also left him, yes. And so very likely there was recreation here. Uh, it doesn't say that, but if the, well, the sore is gone. You know, and it also shows how there's a there's no dividing line between the physical and the spiritual aspects of our lives. You know, the demons had, the, the demon or demons or unclean spirits, whatever you want to call them, here the spirit of leprosy, infirmity, spirit of infirmity, probably spirit of infirmity, spirit of leprosy, spirit of uncleanness, all had worked together um, to to create the dysfunctions, the neurological uh, you know, fragmentation, uh, bringing in the bacteria, making all the con- creating all the conditions that would bring forth the leprosy, and this is what they do. It's not just you know, and and for for us, we all say, oh, I know what it is. It's this particular bacteria, and if we do this and this, and we have this medication, blah blah blah, we can fix that. But you haven't fixed all of it. You've only fixed one aspect of what needs to be fixed, and sometimes people can get a fairly good amount of relief from. Medications. I know the 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 rate of leprosies in the world uh, have d- gone down, decreasing. And there there's a combination of drug therapies sure. that are used that and there's can, more, yeah, can eliminate at least you know this this. The and th- this isn't to discount that those things are not helpful, mm-hmm. but but the thing is, um, you know, a crutch is helpful if you break the leg, but. What really ultimately must happen is the bone must heal, or you're going to have that crutch all of your life, or if the bones heal improperly. And so the thing is, when you're, we get so hung up. Well, is this a medical issue or is this a spiritual issue? It's both. There, there's, there's no, there's no distinction in the spiritual world because Satan, there's no line that says he can't touch our body. There was only a line in Job where God says you can't touch his body or touch his person, um, and that was a specific order that God gave Satan because otherwise Satan would have had full access not only to Job's finances and his kids and his relationships uh, and his reputation, but also to his health. And so God had to put up. Otherwise, Satan would have crossed that barrier as well. Immediately, God says, you can't touch his body. And then in the second round, he says, okay, but you can't take his life. So we right. see that there is no, uh, the, 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 there's no limitations to where Satan will move. Would he, if you believe, for example, one of the things with leprosy is they believe it's it numbs out the pain. So if you believe in your heart, I don't want to feel the pain, and and that's an agreement you're making. Whatever it takes, I don't want to feel the pain. Uh, in that can be a root of leprosy. Not that there's a lot of lepers running around. We have other ways we deal with pain now, mostly medications and drugs and addictions and da 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 escapes. But, um, you know, for that man to realize that you know what, I don't need to live like this. If you're willing, Lord, I don't have to live like this anymore. I want my life back. I want all my life back. And it's, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to believe in whether I'm bad, guilty, and I don't have a right to have my life. I have a right to have my life. Satan is the one who doesn't have a right to your life, but he's the one who doesn't have a body. And so he's, he's moving in to take over our physical bodies and all that pertains to us. And in the process, he messes things up, gets us sick and um, destroys the place. So this leper, you know, apparently had heard of all the healings and the demons that were being cast out and the synagogues probably at uh, at the house of uh, Peter and uh, or Simon and Andrew and, and all that, so so he he heard about this. So there there was faith that was built up in mm-hmm. him. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he just said one day he knew that Jesus was the guy that was doing this, okay, and he was not afraid to come to him. He just he approached him, he you would, know, yeah. and, and he, he probably would have approached a that uh, was faith a, a priest. Or a scribe or a Pharisee, they would have gone, ooh, get out of here. Yeah. But so he, 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 Jesus here in this story, um, true story, uh, is beginning to raise or bring up the questions of can we be healed? Um, can, can we be healed? Uh, in, in another incident, I think it's John in Je- Gospel of John, he said to the guy, do you want to be well? The mm-hmm. guy had been sick for 38 years. Well, is that a dumb question or is that a very purpose? Relevant question. Jesus never asked dumb questions. Well, some people just uh, ident- get used to identify it. with their disease. They right, 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 right. You know, I. It's my disease. They'll say my yeah. cancer, and my the, fibromyalgia, yeah, mm-hmm. my Addiction. asthma, 
my addiction. Right. Uh, they have. Uh, they've owned it. You don't want to say that. You do not want to give that kind of verbiage you don't agreement to the devil. Yourself. Your disease. With, with who you, you yeah with who you are and that's exactly what satan's trying to do he's trying to cross over and add that as part of your identity and description of who you are um and and that's how we come into an agreement with the thing we need to realize that this is an invasion this is a this is a, a negative force against us this is not us this is not me this addiction this whatever is not me and that's the first thing you can do but to resist it is, is stop calling it by your name or giving it permission. And and the other side of that coin is a lot of people, um, they equate their identity with their sickness. You know, I'm an invalid, I'm a leper, I'm a this, I'm a that. And, and, and the, there's some perks to being sick yeah. that are, they're, they're not worth giving up your life and being sick over, but, but they either maybe get you pity or they get you out of work. Or, or, or you don't have to, to show up for work or take responsibility. Um, somebody else will take care of you. Um, you're, you know, it's, it's just, it's very sick that we use sickness as a way to get love or as a way to be taken care Attention. of. Yeah. yeah, or taken care of. And, you know, none of those things are what we're, we, we really don't want that stuff. We really don't want to be um, at the mercy of other people to take care of us really seriously. And that's not them either, feeling sorry for themselves, trying to get attention, um, you know, trying to get out of responsibility. Those are not the person either. The person is built by God to want to enjoy, take authority over, be, you know, great in the kingdom of God, not to be um, using all of this as a cop-out because they're too afraid to live their life or they're too afraid they're going to be abandoned. And and yet people are set up, even as children, to be helpless um, and to be needy, even even in cesarean birth, sometimes that that first that first experience of life is I need help. I, I can't do this myself. And so, using sickness as an excuse will not allow you to be well. If you do not agree with the truth in your own healing, and that truth comes through the revelation of Jesus Christ, if you do not agree with it, uh, it won't happen. Uh, I don't care how much faith somebody else has. These people who came to Jesus, they were coming to Jesus. And they believed that he was willing, that he was able. And if he wasn't willing, they were going to ask the question. And they found out, yes, he is willing. Because the compassion of Jesus, he looked around um, and he was, um, I think I'm just going to jump ahead. There was a verse, um, yeah, in uh, Mark, in chapter 3, verse 5, he says, And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he's talking about the Pharisees here, um, because they were watching him closely to see what he would do so they could accuse him. He said to the man, he said, stretch out your hand. So Jesus is looking around at the devastation. It's like walking, you know, after there's been World War III, nuclear bombs gone off everywhere, dead bodies, broken lives. Jesus walks through this mess and sees in the spirit what the devil has done to his creation. And this is why he's grieved and compassionate. And Jesus is, yeah, needing to just take a deep breath from time to time because this yeah. is so... Um, yeah. So sad, so disheartening. Although he wasn't disheartened, because he already knew all this, and yet, what does he see today when he looks down? Oh my! Right. And then in verse forty-three of Mark chapter one, it says, "And he strictly warned him that this is the leper that was healed, mm-hmm. no longer a leper, sent him away at once." And it's interesting. He says, "See that he he told okay, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest." and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So in like in Leviticus chapter 14, there's mm-hmm. a whole process. If someone, you know, to identify leprosy, there was a process of identification if you had leprosy. And then if there was a healing of leprosy, mm-hmm. there was a whole process and a cleansing and sacrifice that you had to go through to, to uh, <clears throat> so Jesus ratify was saying, the fact. In other words, he says, go do it as a... T- a testimony, mm-hmm. follow the the proper procedure here mm-hmm. and do it as a testimony. Right. Go get your clean bill of health so that you can re-enter society with the approval of the priests. Um, so go. just get your clean bill of health here. And really, in, in, in a lot of times today, it's that if there is a genuine healing of somebody's body and mm-hmm. the root of it, it can be confirmed by the medical community. Sure. They go there and let the doctor check it yeah, out. Yeah, they said, well, it's the cancer's gone. You don't mm-hmm. have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Verse 45, but the guy wasn't very obedient. Well, he, says he, he was went, excited is what he, he was. He was excited. He went out and came to proclaim it freely. It's pretty hard to, you know, uh, shut up an artesian well <laughs> and, and to 
spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. So I I can understand why it's something like this has happened. How are you going to just keep it quiet? How are you just going to just go to the doctor and say, well, you know, the priests were the kind of the doctors of the day. You know, they determined. I think Jesus was, you know, he says he strictly warned him and sent him away at once, suddenly, quickly. I think Jesus realized that already he was gaining too much attention from the enemy, the priests and the and the and the, right. ra- the leaders, and, stuff. and he want he needed uh, three more years. This is the beginning. He needed three more exactly. years of time to finish his course, and he didn't want to be, and he wouldn't have been, of course, prematurely interrupted by a, a riot or something. He didn't want to cause any riots at this point. Just So that's why he went out into the desert because really the scribes and the Pharisees really didn't like to go out in the desert because it was hot and uncomfortable and sticky and well, and they had a walk and they, you know. He it, did uh, not come primarily to be a healer or a feeder of people. He came primarily to, to, to speak of the kingdom of God. And this is that what the kingdom of God is. This is part, yeah. This is what the kingdom of God desires and wants is for our healing. Exactly. And for our deliverances and for us walking in full, clean uh, relationship with God without all of these lies and interferences and, and unbelief. And so, again, does is Jesus willing to heal? Absolutely, by his testimony himself on the earth, is God willing that we're, we're to be healed? Absolutely, there was no other ever indication of anything but God's willingness. And so when we say, if it's God's will, um, you know, we lay hands on the sick and, and we, we kind of capsulate or, or conclude the whole prayer with, you know, God's will. I understand, you know, every every coin has two sides. Every, every you know, thy will be done, O God. Thy will be done. Yes, your will be done. What is What is your will, God? Well, if it's not this man's time to die then it is God's will that he be set free. That is his will. And, and there is a point man wants to die and then the judgment. So there is a, a sickness appointed to death. But if this is not that, if this is premature, if this is the enemy trying to rake in all his chips before the game's over, then it's time to submit to God and resist the devil. But most people, you know, again, they don't, it's, do I have enough faith? That, that becomes another big issue. How much faith do you need? Do I have enough faith? Um, it, uh, Jesus would say oftentimes, as, as your faith, so be it unto you, or be, your faith has set you free, or faith, faith has made you well. <clears throat> so he's referring back to faith a lot. Faith, faith, faith. Faith is um, your agreement with the promises of God, the agreements with the promise that God is willing, Jesus is willing to heal you, to release you, because he is good. The, and, and faith is really a, a confidence in, in knowing. I mean, I tell people, why do you need to believe what you already know? And, and, and this makes so much sense to me because, you know, believing is always subject to doubt and discussion, debate, while faith. Do you have enough faith? Do you believe hard enough? Did you, you know... Well, maybe there's sin in your life. Yeah, now, or something. There can be some unconfessed sin that can hinder your healing. I know. But it's not always the... It's not always, well, well you might got something wrong in your life, so therefore but, I'm not <clears> going to heal but you. But those things that are wrong in our lives, those unconfessed sins... Guilt is using those very things that he set you up to do, tricked you and deceived you into doing, to use those against you to justify his holding you back from the healing. Right. You need to repent, confess, and and say, you know, God, I was deceived. Like Eve, I was deceived. Mm-hmm. I believe the lie. I fell for the trap. You're right. Forgive me. That's called confession. And then and and then and then go on with knowing. But I know your word is true. Here's where we move from believing to knowing. You know, believing is, do I have enough? You know, maybe I'm sinful, maybe da-da-da, whatever, whatever. All these debating kind of issues that would take away or subtract from my faith. But what do I know? I know that God's word is true. I know he doesn't lie. I know he is good. I know he loves me. I know he died for all my sins and, and diseases to be healed. I know these things. And now... Moving from, you know, believing to knowing, you need to move from believing to know that you to know that you know what you know. I, I don't just I know this. We all know Jesus loves us, but how many of us don't feel like Jesus loves us all the time? You don't feel loved, and so you go with that. I'm dejected, despondent. Where's God? I don't feel, feel, feel that He's there with me. 
but but you still know you know he loves you but you don't feel like he loves you well, so then you have to move from beyond from just knowing that he loves you to I know that I know he loves me because that's what his word says and the same with healing I know that he wants me well I you know and I obviously and <laughs> there are many caveats to all this like well you know your the refining of your faith the, the suffering of the righteous and etc 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 all of this stuff only makes sense if you put the devil in the in the equation and realize that he is trying to undermine everything that God wants for us and make it look like it's God doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on here, we're going to give this a try here. Not a try. I shouldn't use that word try. Well, let's, let's hold off. We've got five minutes left. Let's do this. 45, chap- verse 45. He went and began to proclaim it freely and to spread it all around so that Jesus could no longer openly enter that city, but went to the desert. So what, what, what was Jesus forced to do here now? What, what was happening in this, as we see these first several miracles, what was actually taking shape here? Well, Jesus is establishing right. himself as, as the proclaimer of the kingdom of God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you, you remember John the Baptist? You know, we, we read about him in the early earlier in the Mark chapter 1. He was the forerunner of Jesus, right? He's pr- to prepare the way of the Lord. And when he got put into prison, and J- after John was put in prison, that's when Jesus basically started going forth. John had these doubts mm-hmm. while he was in prison. He says, this is the Messiah. This mm-hmm. is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. He had, But there were times of doubt. He said, well, here I am in jail, and if the king was coming, how come I'm here? How come it looks so bad? How come I'm dying? So yeah, I'm this is, doesn't look right. In jail. I know he said he must increase and I must decrease. But he said, he asked some people that, okay, what, what what's going on? With you? Is he the right one? Is he the coming mm-hmm. owner? Mm-hmm. Do we look for another? And they said, they said, they gave the report back to John. The lame walk, the blind see. The deaf hear, mm-hmm. demons are cast out. Mm-hmm. Kingdom of God is being preached. He's the guy. Don't worry. So these were these were all signs of the coming of the kingdom of God, the rule of God, right. the invasion mm-hmm. of God into this very sin sick bound world. world. And yet, even now, as the kingdom of God is coming again, we are in the midst of being tempted to go with appearances like John. Look at what's going on here. It, it looks like the righteous are being swallowed up. They're being persecuted, beheaded, um, sick like everybody else, being taken out, deceived, uh, tricked. Um, it doesn't look like the kingdom of God is doing very well right now. And and yet it, the Bible clearly says, do not go by appearances. Do not make judgments according to appearances. So, so Jesus here in this beginning of the ministry is really establishing not only who he is, but he's also establishing and dealing with some hardcore religious questions, stumbling blocks, like, is it God's will to heal me? Do you want to heal me? Um, you know, why am I sick? Uh, is it my fault? Is this a judgment? Is it a punishment? Um, you know, so he's giving us a deep, a deeper look at the inner workings of the liar who is making us feel uh, unworthy of healing, that we had a coming just desert, punishment, cross to bear, all kinds of things that Satan is, is in various, as we go through this now, we're going to be seeing does God want us well? Does God want to heal us? And the answer is absolutely yes. Well, what about today? That was back then. That was Jesus. What about today? It says in the Bible, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So his will, his desire for you to walk in health and wellness and and and, and knowing the peace and the revelation of Jesus Christ is still as real as it was when Jesus walked right, here. Right, right, right. Some in the professed church today are saying, well, you know, Jesus doesn't heal anymore. Uh, you know, now we have... Or the, the miracles me- we, were for back then. The miracles were for back then. Uh, we, now we have medicine, we have doctors, we have surgeons. So that's oh. that's G- the method of Jesus you, that you, Jesus uses today to, to well, bring healing. Well, he can, he, he can. He can use it. And we're not saying that the... Med- we're not trashing the medical community. No. Because they have a different place to uh, to help us. But sometimes people don't have access to the medicines. They don't have the money for the doctors, and that also can be a, a huge racket that takes advantage of our desperation, oh, our, yes. our, our get need, our, lo- our love for our children, whatever. And so that's not what Jesus does. He doesn't take advantage of your finances. He doesn't take advantage of anything. But So, Lord God, we just thank you that this day, this healing of the leper, 
this healing demonstration deliverance from demons it, for fevers, leprosy, you know, and this, it's two things, opposite sides of the spectrum, that you are here for everything and for everyone, for both, for all, God. And I pray that even today as people might be listening who are sick with a devastation of a disease or a manifestation of a demon or both going on in their in their body, in their house, that you would reveal to them your love and cast it out. We just agree with yes. you right now, Lord, as you want to cast out this demon and speak to this leprosy, and you are willing that they be clean and cleansed and whole and health and and healed. That we say yes, we agree with you, Lord God, and may this agreement be. You said where two or three agree. May these agreements be enough to command those demons to to leave and those sicknesses to be gone. And Father, we ask these things for your glory, in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, and we just release your healing power into the bodies and souls, Lord, of those that are listening today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.